hey, Nick, I got to thank you for the amazing birthday gift this year. Uh, best gift I got all year from our new sponsor, Manscaped. You hooked me up with the Lawnmower 3.0. That's right, baby. I called ahead to make sure it worked on gray hairs as well as regular hairs. So, um, yeah, you're all good. You're, you're good to go, man. Can't wait to see that pruned tree of yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pruned. And I got to tell you, the other thing that's great about it is it's not just for using downstairs. I used it on my face right after I used it downstairs. But got to tell you, it's for the money that I didn't spend, you did. It, it really gives you the best and safest shave anywhere you want to use it. Yeah, it makes sense, man. Your downstairs looks just like your upstairs. So It does because I have a boyish, um, how do you say, glisten to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrifying, but I'm glad that thing works. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I have it as well. And as a hairy Sicilian gorilla, I need that big time. It's, uh, it's honestly one of my favorite tools. Like, not even kidding. One of my favorite things I use. I have all my friends using it as well. And they thought I was just trying to sell them something just because they're our sponsor. But they love it as well. Well, for all of our listeners, if you use our code MANGINA20 at manscaped.com, you will get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's MANGINA20 at manscaped.com. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host Nick Scopes and the Gregolicious. You know how we do, cause you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty. About get kitty, cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty. And we make shit sound so damn pretty. Jim, cause this unhinged comedy. And right now you're in the mix. So get ready, cause we about to get it poppin'. We All right, Nick, that's enough of that. Sorry, wow, that was pretty abrupt, dude. <laughs> Shit, I was in the middle of a yawn. <laughs> My God. Welcome to the Mangina Dialogues podcast. I am your host, Nick Scopes. And I am Gregory M. Alprin. Oh, my God. He goes, <laughs> he goes with his real name today because he's probably embarrassed. Totally. He's embarrassed in front of our guests, just like that theme song embarrassed both of us. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is the very funny... And he loves rap. It's his favorite genre of music. Don Jameson. What's up, Don? <laughs> Who did that for you? Puff Daddy? <laughs> uh, Puppet Daddy. Puppet yeah, Daddy. M&M's? Who did that for yeah, you? Yeah, it was M&M's and, M&Ms and Snickers. Yeah. Uh, that's a rap. No, it, was a good, it was a good production. I, I'll give it that. And, uh, and, and Nick is talking into a fan. So we're off to a good start. Just a big white ball. I know. I need a new mic. Yeah. That's You're hugging into today. a circular fan. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a big white ball, all right. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, good to be with you, man. Uh, I'm doing all right. It's 2020. I'm living my best life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where are you at, Don? Which, which coast are you at? Where are you at? I'm in Jersey. Oh, nice. Jersey, Jersey yeah. boys. I live yeah. down by the beach. I have my own little, little, own little uh, corner of paradise down here. Uh, by the beach and uh yeah it's great down here man i love it i'm gonna get out on my bike today and and uh try to write some jokes not about coronavirus oh, thank god yeah. so uh, before we kind of get into it i I'm, I'm curious about what the ratio is of um sleeveless to not sleeveless shirts that you have 
No, if, if you if you study all my appearances, and I know you do. <laughs> totally, I'm a scholar. I've been doing all day. I don't know, work, nothing. <laughs> You'll see that I actually only have three sleeveless shirts, but I just <laughs> rotate them. But, uh, you know, True I, you man. Know, you, I stepped it up a notch for you guys. I wore my Blackberry Smoke shirt here, cool Southern yep. rock band. Yep, great band. And, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I classed it up for you guys. That's that's perfect, and we appreciate it. I, I I saw on your birthday you were sleeveless last week when I saw you were sleeveless. So I was just curious because I have one sleeveless shirt, and whenever I put it on, um, it's just a barrage of jokes from everybody around me. So I can't do sleeveless. So I much respect to those who can. Yeah, well, it's a, you know we're, I'm I'm I, I'm the kind of guy that drags the summer out until like almost Halloween. Right. So yeah, you'll still you'll see a bunch more sleeveless appearances before uh, you know before we break out the winter jacket. <laughs> Shorts in February. I'm like a you know I'm like a, I'm like a girl like you know like the air conditioning is on in the house all summer and then there's there's no pause between the air conditioning and then heat. It's like it's blasting air conditioning and the first day it goes below 70 it goes right to the most the hottest heat possible mm -hmm. That's my so i just go i go right from sleeveless straight to a winter jacket fur coats yeah i know i've seen you yeah. that. Or, or pantsless yeah. <laughs> let's just go paletti every day um so you guys had that awesome tms reunion a couple of weeks ago yeah, I'm a stadium act now, bitches. Yeah, yep, playing sta baseball <laughs> stadiums. Only so many people can play baseball stadiums. Um, how, how did that go? How did that come about? Yeah, well, it, you know, it's funny. It's um, I always I have a couple specific examples of the the glory of show business and being in comedy, and and that weekend was one of them. On the Friday night, you know, I played a, a baseball stadium. Uh, in New Jersey, and on Saturday night, I played someone's uh, birthday party in their backyard in Pennsylvania. <laughs> which paid better? Which which was better pay? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the stadium was a was a, a little bit better, but uh, it was really cool too because I had you know my guys from that metal show, Eddie Trunk and Jim Florentine, on board, and um, our buddy uh, Bumblefoot, who's a guitar player, he used to be in Guns N' Roses. Uh, he came down and played uh, our theme song because he did it when we did the TV show. And our buddy Craig Gass, you guys probably know, comedian, came down. And we just had a kick-ass time, man. A lot of fun and, you know, all the socially distanced stuff that you need. You know, I, I said, like, there was, they still had the netting up, you know, in front of the, the seats because yep. the stage was on the field. And I was like, well, that's like, that's like a giant mask for the whole crowd, <laughs> the netting, you know. So uh, it was cool. Of how many people? How many people was it? Because I, I like twenty-seven thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> Just a shade under thirty, Fenway Park. Yeah, well, it's a, we'll round it up to thirty. Right. right. Um, good. Um, for those of you that don't know, TMS stands for that metal show. That was the is it was the longest running show on VH1, correct? That's that is true, Nick. But um, it was also the only original show that aired on the H1 Classic. So doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck it. Game first to last. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's awesome. So what? Hey, it bought, it bought me a house. I you know so I appreciate all the, right. the rock fans that uh, helped me buy a house. I, I can't afford it anymore, but buy me a house and you for a while you yeah. and the rest of the country <laughs> I'm, I'm playing backyards you know that's my that's not exciting my mortgage broker well 
we can make it to the front yards. I, you know, I got to, I think I, I told you want to talk to you last time that I, that was religion for me watching that show. Um, and, you know, as an avid metal and hard rock fan from when I was in high school, we we're pretty close to the same age. You know, there's a lot of bands on there that I didn't really you know, listen to a lot that you guys exposed me to. And of course, the comedy side of it with you and Jim and, you know, stuff like, you know, everyone knows UFO, but I never really dug into UFO until, you know, you guys would make fun of um, Eddie about it all the time. And he would talk about UFO and I'm like, man, I guess I got to check out a little more UFO. And so like, really thanks to you guys, you turned me on to a bunch of bands I, you know, heard about, didn't really listen to and now listen to all the time. Um, you know, so thanks for that. Um, that was that was the whole idea of the show, man. It's just right. uh, you know we all had our we all had that one band we made fun of each other yeah. with. Eddie's was UFO, and you know mine was probably Thin Lizzy, and then you, you know I, whatever Jim you know Jim's was like you know Tigers of Pantang or something right. real obscure. Yeah. Um, and but we also turned each other on to new music, which was cool too. And um, you know the other funny the other funny example I give people about about um comedy is you know we I, jim and i got asked along with uh, jim brewer to do metallica's orion fest right. in atlantic city and um, that was another one where it's like i go on stage you have lars from metallica comes down introduce me to the crowd james hetfield watch from the side of the stage it's like this is the greatest day of my life i went out i you know had a great set everybody did the fans loved it all the metallica fans that was the saturday the following Thursday, I played the back room of a pizza place in North Jersey. <laughs> Sal, Sal's Pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I got Lars introducing me one day, and the next day I got a guy, like, tell me not to back into the stove because there's garlic knots cooking. Dude, I think out of all the guests we've had, you have the most highs and lows of anyone. <laughs> like, I've never. <laughs> the yin and the yang of one day or the next. Dude. But- it, Unbelievable. It, it's actually a great, you know, um, kind of transition to how I wanted to make the parallel with you between music and comedy, right? And I read, I don't know if it was on your Wikipedia or your bio on your homepage or somewhere that you had this great quote. Um, it says, it's not fun if it's not dangerous, right? So, something. Yeah. And I mean, that's rock and roll and that 100% is comedy. Right. So how do, where do you see those parallels? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I, you know, I forget the context of that quote. But for me, that's always was like the first two albums I ever had symbolized that. So it was George yeah. Carlin, Occupation Fool, Kiss Destroyer. And to me, it was like, yeah, but my parents hated both of these things. So <laughs> hence, I love both of these yep. because my parents don't like it it is a little, you know, it's dangerous, you know, Carlin with the seven dirty words and then Kiss were, you know, superheroes and rock stars and comic book characters all at once. And, you know, when you're 12, that's, you know, the greatest thing in the world. So, um, you know, with comedy over the years, it's just been, it's been funny. I, I sort of accidentally fell into that role of uh, going out and being like the rock and roll comic and uh, actually going out and opening for bands. And it kind of started with Metallica doing that festival because then bands were like, oh, you want to come out on the road and open for us? And, you know, regular comics, they all like, they all think I'm insane when I tell them, you know, you were on tour all summer with Zach Wilde from Ozzy's band? Like, yeah, like, why would you do that? (laughs) Why not? 
it's it's yeah it's it's dangerous it's fun you know those are my people you know we you know i love you know hard rock and metal you know like they do so yeah i'm in the same boat i have a little recognition factor with that crowd from that metal show and uh, you know i think back to again man back to the early days of performing in bar you know we didn't we didn't wake up write our first five minutes of jokes and start playing headlining the improvs you know right. yeah we played bars and 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 you know backs of restaurants where you know people did you know they didn't even know there was a comedy show on they're trying to watch the playoffs at the bar and the tvs are on you're standing on a case of beer with a, a you know a microphone that's plugged directly into the wall and you can like you can't move otherwise the mic will unplug and and people are screaming at you drunk at the bar and you know so i go when i go out and do these rock shows i just take that attitude of like you know i just got to go out and get these animals on my side and um and attack and and hopefully get them laughing and so that's what i've been doing man right so i mean i you know you opened up for dice for a lot of years right so i imagine that that was as close to a rock and roll crowd that exists in the world i mean i've i've seen dice you know several times um including in, you know, the MSG earlier day, or early days in the 80s and late 80s or early 90s when I was in college. And that was as much of a rock concert as any big-ass metal concert I've ever gone to. So I, I imagine having that experience, having to go to play to Dice's crowd and win those people over is not much different than going and having to open up the Orion Festival at, 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 you know, for Metallica. Absolutely, man. You know, I say Dice is, Dice would always laugh at me. You know, I wasn't with him during the arena years, but we were still playing, you know, 1,000 to 2,000 yeah. theaters and stuff. And um, he would always crack up because when they introduced me, I would, I would literally run to the microphone from the <laughs> side of the stage. Because I knew if I didn't get my first joke out before someone yelled, you fucking suck, I was dead. <laughs> But if you could get those first couple of jokes out and get a few laughs, then his crowds would, they respected you, you know, but you had to, you had to bring it, man. And uh, so, yeah, his crowds, you know, definitely, um, they definitely, you know, they definitely made me work, but it made me a better comic. That's that, you know, that was, you know, college for comedy, man, just right. have no fear and go out there and, and do what you do. Yeah. Dude, that I can't imagine. What's the well? You said you were doing stadiums, but when you were at you know opening for Dice, how big were those crowds? Yeah, those were like you know a couple thousand people, and um, you know, and then I remember the first time I opened for him, he he was doing like seven shows at this club here in Jersey called the Stress Factory. You guys probably yep. know the Stress. Yeah, there's one up yeah. up in Connecticut by you, Greg. Yep. Um, and I went down, and you know, this is my this is literally my comedy idol that I'm opening for. I finally got this opportunity. So I don't even go in the dressing room because I don't want to bother dice or whatever. I don't want to do anything wrong. So I'm standing by the bar and nobody's in the, in the showroom yet. Dice walks out and he sees me and he, and he walks up to me and he goes, and he gets like two inches from my face and he goes, what do you do? <laughs> And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do I do? He goes, what are you going to say on stage? I'm like, and now, you know, it's like a half hour before showtime. I'm looking through my notes. I'm like, right. you want me to do like my act for you? He goes, yeah, I got to know what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm Holy like, shit. 
and I'm freaking out. So I go, uh, I do this thing about like uh, going to SeaWorld and okay, do, that's good, do that one. I got this thing about getting my hair cut. I go, okay, do that one too. And he made me go, and you know, like he, I only had to do 10 minutes, but this is the most important 10 minutes of my life. Sure. So I put together what was to me at the time, my, the best possible 10 minutes of jokes that I had, you know? Um, so I go up and uh, my first joke, which is my best joke. You got, I'm leading with my, the best joke I have. Cause I got to get them right from the start. Right. My first joke literally gets a zero. Wow. <laughs> not even a sarcastic laugh. Not, not even, you couldn't even hear the ice melting in drinks. It was so, wow. it was so brutal. Oh jeez. So, and I see, and I see Dice is looking out the door of the dressing room watching me. So I'm like, that's it. It's over. I, I, I blew it. He's, you know, if my first joke didn't work, he, I, what, what good am I to him? Right. So my second joke, it's about a six. Well, so I'm, all right. Okay. Good recovery. And then my next joke gets about an eight. And then the right. rest of the set I, I killed. But in my the whole time I'm beyond miserable. Cause I'm like, again, you know, we're, you know, you guys are comics, you know, we're like, we doom ourselves instantly. And I go back in the dressing room and it's a tiny little dressing room and he's getting dressed and he doesn't even look at me. So now I'm just standing there like a fool. <laughs> he walks past me to use the bathroom again, an inch away, doesn't say a word, doesn't even look at me. So now I'm going in my head, I'm going, this motherfucker, God damn, fuck him. I came down with the stress factory to open for him. He can't even, you know, just be nice and say, hey, it didn't work out this time, whatever. Like nothing. He walks back from the bathroom, doesn't even acknowledge my presence. Then his girlfriend at the time was there and he's like, put my leather jacket on. She, she puts it on him and then she just slaps him on hard on the back and go, will you tell the kid you liked him? And he turns around, he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you were great, man. I love the thing about the dolphin and the thing, and the, and he watched the whole set, and uh, and that was you know we did ten years together after that. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so wild. I hate, dude. That fucking hazing. You must have been so fucking. <laughs> well, then I got to watch him do that. To, you know, when other people kind of joined into the into our camp once in a while, he would do stuff like that to other people. You know, and then I was like. I was like Alex Trebek with the answers. Like I, I you know, I, I, I've seen all this already. I know the right. answers to all these twists, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but you have to just let the comics um, figure it out on their own. And, and then there's guys who couldn't take it. And that's really what he, he always did that to see if you could handle the ball busting. Right. Yeah. I mean, you must, you have to take his ball busting if you're going to be able to take the fans out there who just really want to eat you alive, you know? Yeah. Um, what, like, what did you learn from all those experiences just to just go for it and, and, you know, pedal to the metal? Yeah, man. You know, he was just, but he was always, you know, Dice was really, um, you know, he really wants the guys, you know, cause he's, you know, Florent, Jim Florentine opened for him for years and, and Jim Norton did as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the three Jersey guys, um, you know, we all opened for him for many years and, uh, and pass down tips to one another on how to work with dice and, and, you know, the things he likes and doesn't like, but as far as him, man, he wanted his guys to score. He wasn't one of the headliners like, Oh, don't, you don't talk about this. Don't say that, you know, don't, you know, he go, he go do, do 15 minutes. If you're killing, do 20. If you're not stop at 12, like right. he, he, he set it up. So 
you know, that you could really go out and do a good job. And, you know, because he wants, you know, he wants the crowd warmed up when he gets out there. Yeah, so, so he, you know, he was really fucking generous in that way, man. Um, as much as he broke balls, yeah. you know, he definitely wanted his openers to do a good job. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So you hang out or used to write jokes for another ball buster, female version, Lisa Lampanelli, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude. That, that, was an, that was another situation where I, you know, I had known Lisa from the scene and we were, were doing a show. at Car We met at Caroline's Comedy Club in the city yeah. and she went up and she destroyed so hard and I had to go up after her. I ate <laughs> shit so bad for 15 minutes. And I got done and she, and you know, you just had the, she, I walked in the, the, the dressing room and we just both started cracking up because it was just so painful. Yeah. And then um, I had done a few of the roasts on the Stern, on, on Howard Stern uh, when he went over to, I guess he was on, just had started at Satellite maybe. And, um, and then um, she was going to do a, a few of them. So I had written some jokes thinking I was going to be on one of them, but I didn't get booked. So I sent, I emailed them to her because we were friends and, and I said, I'm not looking for money or anything for these jokes, but I, you know, I've already written them and I want them to have a good home, you know, and, and, you know, of course, Lisa was the master at the roast. So yeah. I knew she'd, uh, if she liked any of them, she'd deliver them great. And she wrote me back. She goes, not only are you, you know, not only am I paying you for these, you, you know, you're going to be, one, you know, my new roast writer with me. So uh, that was a, that was a, a good 10 years of working on the roast and stuff with Lisa, which was super fun. It's great to write shitty things about people. And then they never know that you wrote you them. You wrote it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until now. So what are some yeah. of the roasts you worked on with her that, um, you know, people don't know that you helped her write some of the jokes for some of the big ones. Well, the, 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 the funnest one for me was the, was the Gene Simmons roast that, that was on, that was on his show, family jewels. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously Kiss, you know, Kiss fans since I'm, you know, 11 years old. So, you know, that was like, I probably wrote 25 pages wow. of jokes about Gene. And, uh, and then I got to meet him afterwards. It was at the Key Club in Los Angeles. And, um, and he, you know, he agreed to take, he wasn't taking photos with anybody. So I was glad that he didn't know I was like one of the writers because he agreed to take a photo with me and uh, and that was a great moment meeting Gene and getting a picture with him so uh, that was a good one and then uh, the one that 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 I always hear about when it re-airs because there's a bunch of shots of me sitting in the audience is the roast of Donald Trump right I knew it yeah I had a feeling that was gonna be that was gonna be the one and that was a great roast because, um, you know, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys know what he's been up to since that roast, but. Um, I haven't heard much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He had a roast. He had a, uh, a roast battle the other night with this guy, Joe Biden. Yeah. He, so he's back into the roast. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was interesting. Yeah. He needs some better I, I, writers. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't write for that one, but the, the, the comedy central one I wrote for, and that one was really fun because. Um, you know, it was, it was in New York. So I, you know, I got to go to that one and, and hang. And, and like I said, there was some shots of me in the audience. So people see me at that. Obviously it's hilarious that, you know, that he became our president after that. And, um, but the, the craziest thing about that night was the situation was one of the roasters. Yeah. Oh, he was the worst. <laughs> I mean, they, that was the fucking worst. That is edited because <laughs> People were literally 
chanting, like in up in the rafters, people were chanting, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, like just wow. viciously. And but and I felt kind of bad for him, but not because he's so yeah. cocky and he just yeah. kept going and he has that like, you know, swagger. he has that fake swagger. And but at the same time, I felt bad because I'm like, he's I know he's not a comic. He doesn't know like, all right, the next joke that gets like even a slight laugh, I'll say goodnight and get off the stage. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know how to cut his losses. Right. He's just reading the teleprompter. He didn't yeah. write any of the jokes. You know, a guy like Snoop Dogg, who's not a comic, but he gets it. Like he kind of knows like, all right, you know, the you know, this my flow is coming to an end here. I'll, you know, I'm going to bounce before, you know, you know, I'm going to get off on a high note, but, right, right. but he didn't know that. And then, and so I'm torn, like, do I feel bad for this guy? You know, whatever. I, you know, I know Trump loved it because he, you know, any attention on him, he loves, of course. even if you're, even if you're shitting on him. But uh, I go backstage and, and Lisa Lampanelli introduces me to the situation and he goes, that was pretty good, right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> What an idiot. Why, why do you think it was so bad? Was it just that he didn't know how to deliver the material? That's what I was going to well, ask. Was it the jokes or the delivery? Because people are writing that shit for you. Like, you have talented yeah. writers on those roads. Yeah, both. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could you could have the best jokes written for you. And, you know, if you have no delivery, no timing. Right. Um, and, and I think it was sort of it was sort of towards the end of the popularity of Jersey Shore where, you know, like with anything, you know, um, you know, they, they love to build you up and then tear you down yep. at a certain yep. point when, when you get too big. So, yeah, but that was a, that was a, that was a great night. That was a lot of fun on many levels. Yeah. Lisa's actually, um, obviously she's hysterical. I did nothing you can even say about her and her comedy is amazing. She actually, um, does a little mentoring for Nick over here. Like she's been nice enough to write some jokes. <laughs> We did like a, we did, it was funny. We did like a, uh, so she came to one of our last shows before coronavirus hit. And it's me and two other comics that run this company with Greg as well and booking the shows. And we met up at like a diner here in Connecticut and we just went over jokes with her. And she was very nice. And then the next week, the world shut down. And then like two weeks later, she emailed us and she was like, you know, my last fucking meal was with you two idiots or you three idiots. <laughs> Because that was my last meal out. God damn it. What a waste. <laughs> I started fucking dying. But then we did like one Zoom, like open mic type thing. She is hilarious. First time I met her, I asked her to come on the po this podcast. And she goes, I've never been less interested in anything out in my entire life. <laughs> and then she laughed and I laughed. And I was like, she's the best. I don't care. <laughs> But you no, know she she's great. She's such a ball buster. But and I always say this. I hate, I always you know especially with her and Dice. It's like you know I hate to ruin their street cred, but they're both like such sweethearts underneath that that ball busting uh, exterior. So uh, yeah, that's uh, I missed that about Lisa. That totally that that's totally her. So it's good good to see she hasn't lost a step, even though she hasn't done comedy in a while. Right. Yeah. He actually had some very nice things to say about Nick after he, she saw his set. And I, I keep trying to remind Nick, I'm like, you need to remember when some people with, with you know, credibility of Lisa Lampanelli give you a compliment, you know, you should take that, don't get cocky and, and use it to your, you know, betterment. Right. Um, 
when I when I told her I hadn't, um, this is another funny thing. When I, I hadn't been going up in New York a lot, because I work at a gym here, I work at Equinox in Connecticut, and I was waking up at like four thirty every day. So the city just, I was like, yeah, 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 I'll get there. And then of course, New York City shuts down, the whole world <laughs> shuts down. But I, she asked me, she's like, you've been going to the city, and I was like, ah, not really. Like I have work early, and she just goes, oh, fuck off. She goes. <laughs> do you want to be a comedian nor walk the rest of your fucking life? And I was like, okay, fair. Good point. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It's hysterical. So what I was watching, um, some of the videos on, I think it's on your new, the album you put out in February, the bit about winger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got a and, bunch of rock and roll jokes on the new yeah, record. I, I can tell you since I, I actually, I really like winger too. Um, you know, since the first record, do they and, do they sing seventeen? Yes, that's what I was going to talk. I was going to ask. Don that's what the joke is about. Yeah, that's the joke, right? And I used to, I mean, I had, when I was in high school and then college, I had a Monte Carlo SS with T tops, right? And I would roll around blasting Winger and uh, that song. And then years later, I'm listening to this song and I'm like, that song totally is about being a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. He's the original R. Kelly. The original R. Kelly. And then you said that bit. I'm like, I've been saying that to myself for <laughs> 30 years. Well, now, well, now, when they, now when they sing that song, because, of course, they have to. Of course. He does, uh, he, you know, over the years I've watched him, you know, play that song. And um, he does, you know, he does the math. So, right. like, the last time, you know, they sang it, you know, the last chorus, he goes, she's only... 47 now <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical but um like is winger really one of your favorite bands from the period uh i don't think i said they were one of my favorites but i but I, the point i was making is just like you know with a lot of especially um hard rock and metal there's so many subgenres right of of, of you know um this kind of music i don't know if it's the same way i guess maybe you know hip-hop kind of has that a bit but but i i don't see it as much as it in hard rock and metal and people get really you know they get very territorial they're like i only listen to thrash metal i don't listen to this or i only you know listen to you know symphonic country and western gender fluid metal you know or <laughs> whatever um, kind. That's, like, yeah that's me dude all the way <laughs> I'm like, I like it all, you know, I'll, I'll listen to Motorhead, I'll listen to Slayer and I'll listen to Winger, you know, back to back to back. And it's right. all the same to me. It's, it's all, you know, it's guys, you know, playing their guitars loud and, you know, so it's all good. But that, yeah, that's sort of the point I wanted to make. And then, of course, I have to take a cheap jab at Kip Winger. Right. Now, when one of your uh, sets I was watching a few days ago, you talk about how Guns N' Roses is one of your favorites. Like that's all time for you. Why is that? Why do you like Guns N' Roses so much? Obviously, they're fantastic, but, you know, what's your reasoning? Well, I mean, you know, obviously it's the music, but 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 I think, you know, obviously more than that is just when that, that's one of the greatest debut hard rock albums of all time. Hands down. And I so, want, I so wanted to not like it because, you know, I was like a big Aerosmith fan. I'm like, ah, these guys are kind of second-rate Aerosmith, and then and then you put it on and, you know, I know Welcome to the Jungle is way overplayed at this point in our lives. But, man, when I first heard that, I was like, okay, this band is, this, it, it's dangerous. You yeah. know, that's, it's, uh, it's dangerous, which makes it fun, which makes, means I like it. And, uh, you know, it's funny that they had, 
such sort of limited amount of music and made such a, a big impact. I mean, you, you know, they were playing arenas all in stadiums all over the world. Now they're back and, and they're doing it again without any new music. So yeah. um, it's been, it's been a, they've had a wild ride, but that, you know, the, those songs still hold up after all these years, man. When you hear oh. Paradise City and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, this is still freaking cool. That's man. exactly what I was going to say was the first time I heard them. I was in high school and I was playing football and the pregame, one of the pregame songs is Welcome to the Jungle. And then when you post game was Paradise City. That was like tradition amongst like you knew that was the song like every year the seniors that was the song they played. And I've never heard, you know, you're 14. That was probably the first time I heard it. And I'm like, what is this? Oh, my God. I'm so fired up. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> Don, where, yeah. It, it was up? like crack for a teenager, that album. Exactly. Where did you grow up? Where'd you, like, as a teenager, where were you? That's, listen, that's none of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> where I grew up. You want my Fair. address? No, you, just as Yes. You want, like, what are you, you doing our ancestry.com? <laughs> yes, I am. And I need some blood. We gotta have some blood. Your high school yearbook picture. Yeah, I want your. Yeah. Own, but whatever. Um, no, I grew up, grew up mainly in Jersey. Okay. You know, so Jersey did, dude. All right, that's what I think. Did you go to that GNR Aerosmith Deep Purple concert at Giant Stadium? In, I was there. Yeah, me too. That was, I, I think, of all the concerts I've been to in in my life, which is hundreds, uh, maybe into the, or I mean, so many. That is one of my favorite concerts of all time. Uh, yeah, that was a great one, and that was that was before I could actually like, you know, get backstage or right. you know, get good tickets to shows, you know, through the band. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just a regular fan like everybody else, and I I think I literally had the worst seat at giant stadium <laughs> i was all the way to the back at the back of the arena at the top in yep. the top row in the center um, so that it was you it, you know uh, i it sounds like deep purple i guess it's them. Yeah. i can't make out faces from here right. you know it's like three miles away but um i agree man even even from those crappy seats what a night man yeah yeah i mean it was i think at the time that was like only two shows deep purple did in, in the in the world in that year um and that lineup was i mean just that show and it, you know it was the early days of gnr right to open oh, yeah. up for aerosmith and, and deep purple i mean that's just unbelievable by the way that's section 340 that you're talking about <laughs> okay, yeah. giant stadium <laughs> i've been in it many times that's where i sat for monsters of rock oh, <laughs> so, <wow. Yeah. laughs> directly across couldn't be farther away um so let's talk a little about your podcast before we before we go. Like, what's you know, obviously I've I've seen it and the types of guests you're having on music, comedy, the whole nine yards. But like, what is there? Is it just where TMS picked up, picked left off? Is that what you're doing, or is it? Or are you just having a good time with buddies? Like, what? Yeah. Well, no, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it just evolved into kind of what it is. But yeah, it's um, you know, it's called that Jameson show. So yep. obviously, I'm you know, I co-opted the name from that metal show, which obviously we, we took from that 70s show. Sure. Um, so just continuing, you know, the long line of um, stealing people's names and making it our own. Right. And, um, and well it's done. that Jameson show, Compound Media. And yeah, I usually have, you know, uh, one or two rock guests zooming in or, you know, Skyping in yep. and, uh, and hanging. And I try to have a comic with me in studio 
I like, you know, I like having that, the, the comic foil with me. And, right. you know, but I, yeah, it's mostly a rock show. But, it, we, you know, we talk about comedy, talk about sports once in a while. Um, I have a bunch of different segments like Shithead of the Week and, uh, you know, things like that. So uh, it's been cool. And, and Compound Media is, is great because it's Anthony Cumia from Opie and Anthony, um, you know, who just said, you know what? You know, fuck all this politically correct stuff. Yeah. You know, he got fired unceremoniously from Sirius XM um, for, you know, stuff on his personal Twitter. And he's like, you know what? I don't need to deal with this anymore. I'm going to open my own network and I'm going to let comics do shows on here and I'm going to let them say and do whatever the hell they want. And uh, they have nothing else, you know, like my show on there. And it's right. been freaking great, man. All the comics on the on the network are killer. And we're going to actually, uh, we've been doing some shows together, Comedians of the Compound. Um, that's a lot of fun. They're all edgy dudes and, and women uh, on the network. So it's it's been cool, man. But I've had great guests, man. I've had Alice Cooper, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, you know, David Coverdale. I just interviewed Ace Freely. So it, it's been a lot of fun, man. I've been doing that just over a year. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's great, and, and congratulations. Keep doing it because it's it's an awesome, awesome thing to watch and and listen to. It's you know inside perspective it, it, where it's picked off. It's great. I really appreciate the time that you're taking to do it. Um, so obviously, we talked a little bit about doing shows and how that's opening up again. Um, I just you just itching to get back out and getting on stage as much as possible. I, yeah, and it's been okay, man, because, I, I, look, I'm in a very flexible situation. I'm not married. I don't have kids, you know, so it's like, you know, uh, wh- wh- what gig do you got? You know, yeah. like I was saying before, I, you know, I, you know, I, 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 you got a backyard, you got a, some cash. You know, I, I just want to work, man, because right. I really, I, I realized very quickly, uh, probably within a couple of weeks that, uh, I, I have way too much rage to just be sitting at home with. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, uh, I've, I've, I've scared my parents se- several times uh, visiting throughout uh, the quarantine. Uh, and they're like, you, man, you got to get on stage. I go, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm frightening. I'm frightening. Forget frightening children. I'm frightening adults wow, with, with, my, with my temper. Um, so, you know, I've been just trying to get up somewhere, anywhere and do it. And I'm not, I'm not that concerned about the money right now. If I can do a weekend and even break even at this point, you know, it's just when the doors finally fling open for everybody again, and it's a hundred percent, man, I don't want to just be gearing up again, man. I want to be hit the ground running. I know a lot of comics are waiting like for a virus, for a a vaccine and stuff, which is, you know, but I'm like, you know, I got to get out there, man. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to get you out here for sure. That's right. I got to yeah. be free, man. Yep. Let's Live free. You can stay at Greg's house. Sure. Yeah, I got two teenage boys. They'd love to hang out with you, and <laughs> you may not love to hang out with them, but... <laughs> they like ACDC? Yeah, I took them to see ACDC at Giant Stadium. They, they're, my oh. oldest son is a, is a great guitar player and drummer, so he, he, he rips it up. He's pretty good. Well, cool. We'll have, to, we'll have to do a jam. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, man. So, Nick, don't uh, end it. Just hit stop in a when we're done uh, stop i know so thank you thanks for hanging out with us this has been awesome we'll definitely do it again and see you soon yeah thanks so much greg and nick man i really appreciate it man good yep. good talking comedy with you guys yeah you too for real thank you